On today's episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking about Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, and the future of the MCU. As always, you're listening to the Christian Critics Podcast, where we review movie, movies, TV shows, and other forms of pop culture from a Christian perspective. My name's Jared. I'm your host. And as always, I'm joined by Caleb Marks. What's up, everybody? How's your day going? Uh, my day's going pretty good. How are you doing? Uh, my day's going really well. You know, it's final season, but there's some great stuff in the future coming up. So looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. We got No Way Home right around the corner. Mm. Really looking forward to that. Uh, before we get into that, let's go ahead and talk about Eternals. Uh, yes, it, you finally saw it. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's been the big holdup on this episode is I h- hadn't seen it until I think it was like the day before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, you s- when did you see it? I saw it. It wasn't right away. I went. I waited for the reviews and waited to see what some other reviewers thought. But um, I saw it about a week and a half after it came out. So, yeah, I didn't have many expectations, but at the same time, I was kind of hoping to really enjoy it. Um, I, a lot of people were comparing it to they, Marvel was trying something very similar with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but did lightning strike twice? Yeah, I I was kind of like cautiously optimistic for this movie. Um, same thing of uh, I was hyped up as something new and different in the MCU, which I always think we need more of. Sure. Um, but what uh, area of the movie do you want to talk about first? Yeah, we can go into to, to Eternals. Eternals was best best way to describe it. It was a movie, and it happened. <laughs> and I don't really know how to react still to this day. And it's been like what a month and a half already. Yeah, it's it's been out quite a while. It is one of those movies where it's like. You don't really. It it does. It's not like bad, but it's not good either. You just kind of walk out of the fear. It's like, well, that was a movie. Yeah, I feel like I. So, quick preface: this is what the third or second longest MCU movie to date. I think it might be the. It's not the longest because, of course, Endgame. Yeah, but it's, I think it's like the longest. I don't want to say solo film because there's a lot of characters. Non-Avengers. Yeah, non-Avengers. I see. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, like, it it was a long movie. Um, I think my first impressions of it was when the movie started, I was very much so on board. And as I kept going on, I feel like I the movie lost me once or twice, but... The one thing I will credit to the movie is it always grabbed my attention back. And I feel like this movie was more of a roller coaster of both emotions and disliking and liking the film than any other MCU or possibly more just Marvel or superhero movie in general. Um, I have very mixed feelings about this film. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I think it started out pretty strong, uh-huh. um, especially with I, I don't even remember her name. Who's the main character? Like Cersei. Cersei. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it started out pretty well, like trying to get you connected to that character mm. um, and her relationship with I don't even remember his name either, but Kit Harrington's character. Uh, uh, 
Dan, Dane or Dan? Yeah, so, something like that. It, it was pretty generic yes. name. Um, but I think that started out pretty strong. I and mean, as more and more of the Eternals got introduced, the less interested I became in the film. Mm. I, I think they tried to do too much with too many characters. And, and they made it a longer movie. Imagine if they would have made it like a more normal length for a Marvel movie. It would have been even more... Confusing and convoluted. Yeah. 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 I... I think after I saw the movie, I my I remember one of the first things I said when I got out um, was I wish this had been a Disney Plus TV show. I, I've heard a lot of people say that, and I agree, I agree. Like there are so many characters being introduced, I feel like every act was a different episode because every act had a different feeling and different brought something new to the table. Yeah, absolutely. I will say one of my favorite things, probably the the one thing I remember from the movie and the one thing that like was probably my favorite thing, the only reason I'd probably watch it again, I loved how they tied the Eternals through history and mm. how like uh, you had Cersei, Artemis, like the like mythology of the Earth was like tied to the Eternals, which I felt was a really interesting concept. It was an interesting concept. I feel like many movies over these last few years have tried to do that. Um, you have like Prometheus or Transformers yeah. and just trying to um, tie all their, the backstory and like the creation of the earth or the uh, growth and expansion of mankind, I feel like have all been like all the movie Simac universes are like, oh no, this is how it really went. <laughs> and I feel like, like I do, I did appreciate going through all the different time periods. I guess when we start getting the plot, I think that all the getting into all the different time periods and seeing all the like, um, them being, it was the Aztec nation. I think or? it was Babylon. For the majority. Babylon was the majority, but the one, the very beginning, getting or? into spoilers here. Spoiler warning, by the way, everyone. Yeah. The one in where they break up because the oh. French are coming or the Spaniards. Yeah, I don't. It might have been Aztec. I don't, I don't really. I think they didn't really go into it much. It was more just about them breaking up and what time period they were. Yeah, whatever. I think they captured all those time periods beautifully. Yeah. Um, it felt a little like okay, we're just doing this whole thing again. But I, I mean, I did like it. I thought. You could have done an entire movie on that. Yeah, I, I saw. I was talking to someone uh, the other day, and they kind of compared it to Shang Chi. How mm-hmm. you had the flashbacks in Shang Chi that they were kind of going for this. It kind of felt like they were going for the same vibe in Eternals, but it felt like the flashbacks in Eternals should have been their own thing instead of tying in with the main plot of that movie. Yeah, a lot of times. It felt more like the movie, the main movie was the journey of the Eternals through the centuries. And then the flash forward was just a side piece in terms of the, like until the final battle, everything else feels just like, oh, they're just getting the game back together. Yeah. And it, it felt very imbalanced between going back, showing the backstory to going and explaining what's happening now. And let me just say, there's a lot that happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Let's start with each of the characters, if that works. Yeah. So first and foremost, Cersei. Did you think that she deserved to be the main character? 
Um, I don't know if I mean I'm gonna say yes, but I don't know if I'm saying yes just because they spent the most time on her, mm. or if she actually deserves it. Because like she stood out, but it's also because they made her the main character. Like I don't know if like they would have made someone else the main character, but I would have been sitting there going, "Oh, Cersei, Cersei should have been the main character." If that makes any type of sense. Oh, absolutely. I didn't have a real problem with her. I feel like she. As a main character, I was a little annoyed at times because I felt she got sidelined. Yeah, agreed. Obviously, she's the main, she's the person to stop the main threat in the movie, but I feel like there was so much more we wanted and deserved from her character mm-hmm. um, that we got with in comparison. Like we don't, I don't like comparing movies, especially movies that are just not very similar. But if you think about Guardians of the Galaxy, it brought in a lot of characters too. Yeah. But it's still focused on Peter Quill, Star Lord. Like he was the main character of that movie. And as the like in the second one, we get to learn more about the other characters. I feel like the Eternals tried to combine the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie with the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It all just collided into a masterpiece in terms of cinematography. And just filmmaking into, but at the same time, a script that was off and on, meh. Yeah. And characters that, whose motivations just changed on the fly. Yeah. And one of the things that I think kind of missed the mark with Seriously was, I think it's, what was it, Ajax? Is that the person she took the place of? It's like the leader. Oh, yeah. I feel like that could have been played up more because it it was almost like they were going for this to be like her struggle in the movie in a sense, but you had no idea what her stepping into that role really meant. And mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, yeah, there was the whole thing of uh, having to do the will of the Celestials or whatever, but you didn't really exactly know what it meant for her to be leader of the Eternals. Sure, and it didn't seem as much of a burden because at the end of the day, they all just still work together. Yeah. Like, why was there a leader yeah. in the first place? Like, Cersei had, was chosen. What is she supposed to do, I guess? Yeah. I agree. Like, what was the emphasis on that? Or, like, of course, people, some people have argued, like, oh, she wasn't, she wasn't really important because they went against the cel- main celestial. But... At the same time, she's still the main character, so yeah, I think a little bit more time could have been focused on her. I agree. All right. This is a way more um, controversial one. What did you think of Icarus? I did not really like Icarus at all. Mm. Like, I feel like there was like no setup at all. It was just, boom, oh, he's the bad guy. Surprise. Surprise. Twist villain. <laughs> By the way... Side note, they took way too long explaining that he was a bad guy now. Yeah. <laughs> they spent almost 20 minutes explaining why he had turned bad, him killing Ajax or leading to Ajax's death, mm-hmm. and then the Eternals reacting to him turning evil. Like, that's almost a sixth of the movie, just devoted to Icarus. Well, and and you know what? If they would have spread it out 
throughout the movie yes. and set them up. You wouldn't even had to take that time. That's fair. <laughs> it doesn't even matter if how much time they spend on developing like why he did it and their reactions. It's more how it's like interwoven within the story, and it's literally just there. It is. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, you, I bet you didn't see this coming. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, I kind of did. Like, at one point in the movie, it was just going on for so long that I was like, I feel like they're going to throw in something. Yeah. Just to try to, what? <laughs> but instead of the whole, we can't do this, but we can do it together or whatever. Yeah. yeah it was. I will say this this is going into more spoilers if you're still listening. Mm-hmm. Stop listening. There's just like spoilers. what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Um I I don't know if this was I we talked about this a little, but I don't think know if this is like the general audience reaction, but I almost started laughing when Icarus died. <laughs> just because of how you absurd mean, it was. You mean like him flying into the sun? Yeah. <laughs> is he dead? I don't know. I would assume so. I would assume so, but, like, it was just felt so, again, felt random. Yeah, exactly. Well, I get it was, like, the whole, like, Icarus, the kid who flew too close to the sun. But, yeah, it was so random. It was like, oh, I failed. I'm sad. Let me fly into the sun now. Like, they did plenty of buildup, but I felt like there was no actual payoff to it. Yeah. Like, there was no emotion, and I was like, oh, he's dead now. That's one less eternal and honestly one of the most powerful eternals. Yeah. So that none of them are overshadowed in another movie or follow up. Yeah. And I was like, huh. Okay. I think another reason the twist of him being the villain didn't work is because of how many evil Supermans we've had in the last year. Fair. Like Invincible, uh, the boys, like it's just it's become a trend. <laughs> yeah, they I feel like I feel like they can't decide on what they want to give us because they say they want to give us an actual good Superman movie. They have so many Superman projects in the works, but then they just keep throwing out all these evil Supermans, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> They're so inconsistent with it. But, um, yeah, no, Icarus was definitely a character that I feel like if the movie had executed a little differently, I feel like it would have worked. But in this case, no. Yeah. So another one, another big one that some people actually really didn't like, but I really enjoyed the character of Kingo. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was good comic relief. Um, I enjoyed that aspect of his character, but I, I mean, we could get into this a little bit later. I don't know what you have written down, but just the idea of your supposed protagonist of the movie, like, you had Eternals who are supposed to be your protagonists, the heroes of the movie, not actually want to save the people in danger. So I know that a lot of people have been giving crap to that. I actually enjoyed that element. See, it just didn't hit for me because, like, I don't know. It, in my opinion, there's no argument that, like, make, it, it doesn't seem like a two-sided argument to me. Sure. I think that... It was very selfish. That's yeah. a very selfish decision to go and not have to always be the one to save the world. I personally respected it because 
it was just something different and something unique. Oh yeah, like, I don't dislike the concept. Mm-hmm. I actually love the concept. You don't think it was executed? I well. think it was executed horribly. Okay. Like, I don't. I don't think they needed a more. They needed almost like a Thanos like topic where it's like yeah you could see mm. the other side in a sense. Which brings us well before we get into him. Yeah. No. I. I think it worked for me a little better than most of the elements in this film. I think um, I really liked his assistant and Butler. Yeah. That was, like even though it was the main comic relief in the film, I it really worked. Well, that's the other thing that didn't work for me was out of all the Eternals, he's the one that shouldn't have gone to the other side. Like he was the one that had the deepest connections to humanity in a sense. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I I get that. And I like I said, I think it, it did work for me in some ways. Um I think mainly just because I saw the that that was one of the more emotional parts that I was like, okay, I understand that. Um and I was on board with um but that's saying something because the entirety of this movie is stuff that you're either on board with or you're not. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um Speaking of, I just want to jump to my favorite character right off the bat, like you were saying, uh, Druid. I think that Druid's character was the best character they had and best um, directed character or best written character. He was unfortunately not executed the best as majority of this movie. Yeah. But... They had something there. Or, or just underused in general. Yes. And, like, he survived, and I'm very happy he survived because if yeah. he had died, I'd be very mad. But – or very just disappointed with the movie. But he's there, and so there's still a possibility that he comes back with all the Eternals and that he's one of the main characters, which that would be awesome. But yeah. I just really appreciated that. Thanos-like disagreement or, like, you're either on one side or you're not, like, in terms of he has this ability that he can use to change how the world is. Yeah. But then he actually is the only one that actually tries to use it rather than just staying in the shadows before until more deviants arrive. Yeah. I really appreciated it because it brought something really interesting to the group and that dynamic between him and um, Makari and all of the other Eternals. How he he was it, he was right to be mad and just angry because Ajax wasn't telling them anything and he decides to go live in peace with a bunch of humans Mm -hmm. and humanity. And like, that's something that's like really cool. And I took away from it being like, that was the most underused thing in this movie, but I'm really appreciative that they left it in. Yeah. I think he was definitely probably the most underused character. I mean, just the, he probably had the biggest conflict, like eternal internal conflict um, in the film uh, with just, having to decide between do I, 
do I let them have more free will or getting rid of the problems of the earth? Like that that's a interesting topic to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, then another character, Sprite. What did you think of Sprite? Because I know, I feel like this is the new child version of Anakin, the MCU, <laughs> where it's a younger actress, and she did her part well, but what did you think of the character? My problem wasn't necessarily with the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was how the... Uh, Eternals reacted <laughs> afterwards to the character, if that makes sense. Like, okay, like I don't think here she is. She just betrayed everyone, and five minutes later, everything's happy go lucky. Here, let me give you what you want. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I have no problem if things eventually like resolved and they're fine together again. But it just seems really, really quick. <laughs> mm, I get that. I really wasn't on board for the whole Peter Pan idea. Yeah, with. Her being in love with Icarus. Like, I get it and being, like, jealous of Cersei. But at the same time, I didn't. And I was kind of like, no, this is getting too weird. Yeah, see, like, it, it wasn't... For me, like, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, that's a great plot point. But it wasn't something that, like, ruined the movie for me. It was just something like, uh, let's... Can't wait for the next scene, but it's not going to keep me from re-watching it or anything like that. Sure. Understandable. Um, yeah, she, like, I liked her character, and I liked the sass she brought, but, like, it brought some really awesome comedic motive, comedic moments to the character and her interaction with both Kingo and, um, Cersei, and when she and, uh, Dane were hanging out and taking her home, her home, that was, that was really fun. Like, I liked the character at the beginning, but then... As the movie went on, I was just more and more disappointed with what they did. But I like the ending for her. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that I, f- I think that covers a lot of, like, the main points of Eternals. Is there any, like, super main points you want to get to before we give our final takes on the movie? Um, yeah, I mean, the main the other characters that we didn't talk about were uh, Fasos or Phasos um, Makari, Gilgamesh, Ajax, and Thena, but I feel like they were all. I feel like they were all secondary characters. Kind yeah, of. they were all kind of just in there, um, yeah. even though they were trying to put a lot of emphasis on Thathsos um, or Phasos. Yeah. Which we'll get into, but in terms of all the other characters, I felt they were just very secondary and supporting characters. And. I really enjoyed both Makari and Thena and Gilgamesh, but they were, again, just very underutilized in the film. Yep. Um, but yeah, so ranking this among the MCUs, is this more, like, even though it is a frustrating movie, do you put it on the lower side of the list, or do you think it it's more in the middle, maybe? It's like an okay movie. Uh, for me, it's probably lower third. Okay. Just because I'm probably not going to watch it again. I see. Like, even if I do, like, an MCU rewatch, I'm probably not going to watch it again. Okay. Yeah. I think I was a little bit more on the positive side of it in terms of I didn't like it, but I see a lot of stuff that I love in that movie. 
mm-hmm. and a lot of ideas that I really love. And I mean, the, I think this has a problem of many of the more recent movies where the end credit scenes are the more exciting parts of the movie. And we'll get into that. But I think as an f- overall MCU film, I think it's right in the middle of the list because I really can't decide if I love it or hate it. See, for me, it's like it's not that like if if I hadn't watched it yet, Mm -hmm. I'd still want to go watch it. And I'd recommend probably watching it to anyone who's like a big fan of the MCU. Sure. But it's one of those where it's like it's not something that I want to watch again. So I'd, I'd rather watch some of the lower movies on my list than... Like I'd rather watch Iron Man two over Eternals again. Even though I don't think. You'd rather watch Black Widow over Eternals. I'd rather watch Black Widow over oh. just, just because they have characters that I'm more invested in. Okay. So. Yep. <laughs> I, I disagree, but that's fine. Yeah. No, I. Th- yeah. Well, I have my own opinions about those. I shouldn't have thrown out Black Widow. That was a horrible. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Black Widow is that much higher than Eternals, but it, it's pretty close. But. Black Widow has Scarlett Johansson in it, who we've watched for the last 10 years. Eternals doesn't. No, I I, I get it. Um, in terms of, before we entirely leave Eternals and talk about more of upcoming things in the MCU, out on this channel, we want to look at everything from both a biblical and just Christian perspective. Um at times they can be a little different because the Bible necessarily doesn't say not to watch these MCU movies yeah. and take your kids to go see them. Yeah. But from a Christian worldview, in your opinion, would you take your family to go see this movie? Uh, Probably not. Um, I'd, I'd say it's more like, I'd say it's PG-13 higher, mm-hmm. like, don't take younger kids who might have watched the other MCU movies to it. It is probably the most mature, or got like the most mature scenes in it, I would say. Also the most, excuse my French, just crap in it. That's yeah. just like, it, it, it kind of bogs the movie down for me as well in that regards. Like that's just makes it so that I know I will never be able to love this movie. Yeah. Because I feel like if you're going to do in terms of Fasos a gay character or a gay relationship actually make us like care but it was thrown it was one of the things that frustrated me the most because it was thrown in there there was no purpose for it it was just like ha we have a gay character now and I'm not gonna lie like it could have been set up really well with his character because this is someone that wanted to abandon humanity completely and ended up actually having a family. Right. And but it just felt kind of thrown in and forced. And, of course, as Christians, we do not subscribe to the idea that that is okay in our personal worldviews and according to the Bible. However... There's nothing stopping them from doing it in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's kind of like you have to expect it. And they're already setting up many more characters yeah. of that caliber. And I don't really have a problem with it because that's just how it is and that's how it's going to be. But in terms of this movie, 
it was thrown in there, but the worst part, it was thrown at the fa- at the screen in the faces of the audience. Yeah. And that's what really bugged me. Yeah, I, I agree. Completely. And on top of that, it has the first, like, official MCU sex scene, which... Yeah. I think it's the only even, like, reference to anything like that since, like, Iron Man 1. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's been unheard of yeah. ever since, like, Iron Man 1. Um, and that really frustrated me as well because, again, it was just kind of thrown in there. Yeah, there was no need for it. Like, like I don't care about movies that imply certain things, but when it, they just throw it on screen, like, MCU movies are thought of as family superhero movies, and that really frustrated me because I know that I will not recommend it to my parents to take my younger siblings to yeah, it. exactly. And that's, that's really frustrating when you're like me and you have a big family and many younger siblings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, it was one of those things where it's like you don't have to show it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, look at older movies like Alfred Hitchcock films, for example, like how they sh- were able to show violence in those movies without actually showing violence in some of them like you could do something like that you don't have to put it on screen i think that's the most frustrating part i completely agree actually that's a great example just being able to say like hinting at things gives the audience more to consider instead of just throwing it in the face of the audience you could have easily done it in a way where the adults in the room could pick up on it Mm -hmm. but the kids wouldn't and you would still be able to take your kids to the movie yeah and even though I think not many people will have as much of an issue with it, but at the same time, like, not every family raises their children the same way, and so this is just going to be a can of worms for all parents. Yeah, if if you're listening to it and you don't have a problem with it, more power to you. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's just our perspective on it, our goal is to let people know so they can make the decision for themselves. Absolutely, and unfortunately, I think Again, that just it just hurt the movie, I think. Yeah. But um yeah, I would agree. I don't think I would recommend families to go see this. I think it's definitely an order older audience um watch, very similar to Winter Soldier a little bit, but not in the same um degree because that movie was a little bit more more just intense and violent. Yeah, Winter Soldier is more of just a violence and mm-hmm more mature, closer to R-rated movie. And it's it's definitely up there with that as being one of the more mature MCU movies, yeah. if not the most mature. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah. So, the fun part of discussing The Eternals is what is coming up and what they tease us in the mid and end credit scenes. So, first and foremost, the mid credit scene, bruh, Harry Styles, man. Join the MCU. (laughs) I had to think about it for a second. I was like, I couldn't remember whether the end of the movie was the mid credit scene or Mm. if it was the other thing, the Harry Styles. (laughs) Yeah. No, Harry Styles was the mid credit scene. Um, Thoughts? I mean, I I don't really have thoughts one way or the other. I I thought it was kind of weird just seeing Harry Styles. (laughs) Like, I remember we were in the theater and my friends were asking, is there post-credit scene? So I looked it up real quick and it just says, the, like the first line says Harry Styles, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I know. I I got that part um, spoiled for me before going to see the movie that he was going to make an appearance. I was like, oh, he'll just like voice a character. But yeah. <laughs> no, it's just Harry Styles walking around with some gold armor. 
<laughs> just or golden red armor and so he is playing the character of Eros. Yeah. Or Star Fox, brother of Thanos. Star Fox 64. I know, right? <laughs> uh King of Titan. So I personally am all, am all for this character and all for what they're setting up with more Eternals and maybe a confirmation that Thanos was indeed a Eternal. Um, many people have been theorizing that he is part Eternal, part Deviant, and that's why he was uh, as strong and powerful and his color of lavender or whatever <laughs> you want to call it or purple. Yeah. I've heard people many like many people theorizing about that and I think that's a cool concept. Yeah. Um but I did think Harry Styles was a little much. <laughs> like I didn't even know the guy has, has could, he acted in anything? I, that's what I'm saying. I'm, <laughs> is he like a movie star now? <laughs> They're just allowing anybody to come to, to the MCU, huh? Yeah. You're running out of A star A list star actors. Yep. <laughs> I don't I, know, man. It, I don't know. That post credit scene I didn't really feel strongly towards either way. But the second one. <laughs> second one I was a lot more excited for. So I'm gonna break the scene down because I have watched this scene leaked online like so many times now. <laughs> because there is so much to unpack and so many possible avenues that we could take with this scene. Yeah. We have Dane with the sword that belonged to his ancestor, obviously hinting at him becoming his character in the comics, the Black Knight. Yep. And I'm super already super hyped for this because we're going to see a lot more mythical and magical um, characters coming out especially after Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And this is one of those characters. But then you see the blade kind of like moving a little bit and coming to life to the point where you're like something's up with the blade. And I'm not a huge comic. I don't I didn't look too much into the comics before going into the movie, but researching it, there's a lot they could do with that going from Vampires, which we'll get into, but <laughs> vampires, time travel, the blade being cursed, or the symbiotes. Yeah. Which all of those happen in the comics all together at the same time, which I don't think the MCU would do, but some of those sound really cool. Yeah. And to top it all off, we hear a voice ask Dane from the corner of the room if he's ready to pick up the blade yet. And I love how that just worked out that I said if Dane's ready to pick up the blade yet because <laughs> it's Blade, man. Blade just is in the MCU now, like yeah. officially. Mahershal Ali is like just there now. Yeah, it, it took me a second when I first saw it. I was like, Whose voice is that? I mean, I recognize whose voice it was. I'm like, yes, let's go. <laughs> let's go, man. <laughs> there is so much that they could be setting up for. One, you got the Midnight Suns. You got, which is the supernatural street level like team 
in the comics with Doctor Strange, Moon Knight, sounds familiar, something coming up, <laughs> and Ghost Rider, which they've been talking about bringing back. Um, sometimes Daredevil, not really, but Punisher, yes. Um, the Black Knight, Morbius, probably not, but maybe. And so many other characters that could be coming soon with that. And so many more awesome supernatural and paranormal things that they could throw in the MCU now. Yeah, and absolutely. so exciting. Yeah. So you've got both of those post credit scenes, and then you've also got it's been a bunch of MCU news surrounding Hawkeye and some rumored characters for that. Mm, now, yeah, we won't go into the spoilers. Yeah, we're, we're not going to go into the spoilers, but we are going to go into, we talked about Daredevil a little bit because this has actually been confirmed by Kevin Feige. That Daredevil is officially returning yep. to and the And it'll MCU. be Charlie Cox. Heck yeah. Which I'm extremely excited for. Honestly, that was one of the highlights of Marvel television back in the day in terms of like a year or two ago when they were still making the Daredevil show. And the Defenders, even though not all those shows were great, it was really exciting. And I love some of the characters that are in those shows. And then Daredevil, just Daredevil. Charlie Cox is amazing. Yeah. And the confirmation that they're going to start implementing those things back into the MCU. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm extremely excited. Daredevil's probably in my top three. Uh, like, when you talk about superhero movies or TV shows, The Dark Knight's up there at number one. Then there's a little bit of a gap because of how good that movie is. And that's probably Daredevil and Into the Spider-Verse for me as, like, my personal favorites. Understandable. So, like, this has probably been the most hyped I've been about anything MCU-related since they announced Spider-Man and Civil War. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, Endgame was an Infinity War were big, but, like, character-wise. Oh, sure, sure. Like, this was the thing I'm most excited about. Yeah, and you can't say anything about Spider-Man No Way Home because we'll get into that, but, like, yeah. we can't say anything about that because nothing's been confirmed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm really excited for the possible inclusion of Daredevil and all those characters and um, Marvel Knight characters that they might be pulling back into um, both Hawkeye, Echo, the which is upcoming, and then Moon Knight even too. Like seeing all those characters come and, oh, even She-Hulk has yeah. been mentioned. There's been mention of all those characters come back. So that's really exciting and something to look forward to. Now to address the biggest thing going on just in superhero, just with superheroes in general, Spider-Man No Way Home. The hype's getting real, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's... The theater, like, cinema in general needed No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's more than just a Marvel movie at this point. It's the thing that's going to get people back in theaters. Oh, absolutely. And I never considered it like that until just now, but yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's it's that big of a movie. and it's I'm super excited for it. I might actually be going and seeing it I mean, this isn't really anything like too special, but it's kind of cool seeing it down in Disney itself, which would be interesting. Um, but that does mean I won't see it opening night, so I'm sure. gonna be like, oh, I'll be missing an action on the internet for like a week. <laughs> oh, I I feel I'm going to the, I'm going on the 17th, but theaters have as early as like 12 o'clock showings of this movie, in terms of 12 p. 
p.m., not a.m., p.m. showings uh, on the 16th. So I will be leaving the internet for from the 15th until I see the movie (laughs) because no way am I getting that movie spoiled for me because I guarantee you that everybody's going to the internet and spoiling the movie as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty much guaranteed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, we know a couple of people that are actually looking for the spoilers. I know, but that, that's not me. That'll probably never be me. I always like just good or bad. I want to experience it firsthand in the theaters. And I will be honest, one or two times I have been more just more curious just to see what the movie's about and get some stuff spoiled for me just to understand something. Yeah, but. In terms of a movie that this scale and this like importance, I'm going in completely blind except for the trailers, and I'm so yep. excited. Imagine someone who manages to avoid the trailers mm. going to see this movie. That's the play, though. That, like, if I hadn't seen any of the trailers in terms of seeing Doc Ock or Green Goblin come back, like, imagine the reaction You're just seeing Alfred Molina on screen and just being like, wait. What? He's dead <laughs> and not being prepared and then not being prepared for anything else that might might, might. come true. I mean, I, I think we can say the might is Toby Maguire oh, and Andrew Garfield. Oh, it's totally happening, but like <laughs> it's still not confirmed, so who knows? Maybe in a few like in a few weeks we'll be re-listening to this podcast and just being like Oh, we were so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, who knows? Maybe it's just Daredevil and I don't know. It's Daredevil and MJ Spider-Man from another universe. Yeah, like Spider-Gwen came or Miles Morales came from Spider-Verse and they're, they're the actual Spider-Man, not Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I know a lot of people would would be disappointed, but I might be one of the few people on the planet that would be more hyped with Spider-Gwen and Miles. Oh, yeah. No, you're... In, you're I, <laughs> In terms of the people in this room right now, yeah, you're the only yeah, one. Yeah, I, I absolutely know, but... No, uh, if, like, if people have talked to, talked about it online and talked to me about it in terms of what if they're just not in the movie and, <laughs> like, Marvel has just been playing this game and, so with, and Sony has been playing along in terms of just hoping to get people in seats and then yeah. just nothing actually happens. All I'm saying is you, you hope they learn their lesson from Quicksilver and WandaVision. <laughs> I swear, man. I swear I will not. That was the highlight of MCU at that time. That was the most hope I had for the MCU in that one second. But then it's gone. And it's never coming back. Who's, is there like any lookalike actors to Tobey Maguire that they like would bring in as like a joke? <laughs> they better not. <laughs> I know to Andrew Garfield, I'm sure they could find like his stunt double is not exactly similar, but it's like like they could get the hairstyle. They could yeah. get that not the face, but like body type and hair of Andrew Garfield might be a little easier to find, but Toby Maguire if they are able to do that or CGI his face onto some <laughs> random person. It's like a Luke Skywalker kind of <laughs> just face put on another actor. That'd be so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean, there, I, there's people out there excited for Andrew. I'm excited for Andrew Garfield to come back. 
But I think if we got Andrew Garfield and not Tobey Maguire, people would still consider it a disappointment. <laughs> oh, people would be furious. Yeah. I would be furious. <laughs> Andrew Garfield. This is. Mm. I didn't know I'd be sharing this much on this podcast, but Andrew Garfield We're is my deep. <laughs> favorite Spider-Man in terms of best written and best acted Spider-Man. And that can be very controversial, but in terms of my personal favorite, I would say he is the best Spider-Man we've had. Just, just Spider-Man, I'm not saying Peter Parker, yeah. because I know that gets very controversial real fast. Um, but... Spider-Man-wise, even though he is my personal favorite, I know how frustrating I would be if I don't get to hear Danny Elfman's Spider-Man score with Tobey Maguire (laughs) swinging in, saying, I'm going to kick some dirt in your eye. I'm going to put some dirt in your (laughs) eye. Yeah, I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. I'm so excited, though, to see what they do. Yeah, no, that Spider-Man theme is probably top three superhero scores. Oh, it's going to be, again, spoilers for Endgame, but if it's going to be the moment that Captain America picks up Thor's hammer, like, once that theme is played, everyone's cheering. Yeah. Everyone's going wild in the theater <laughs> who actually, like, grew up watching those movies. It's going to be nuts, and I'm so excited to see it opening day. Yeah, you're going to have, like, people in, like, middle school, like, just looking around, like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm going to stand up and cheer, man. If Once I see all three Spider-Men on screen together fighting... And all the scores just blending together. I'm so excited. Speaking of which, if you want a sneak peek at that, big shout out to Samuel Kim on YouTube. Check out his YouTube channel, Beautiful Music. Oh, I love that guy. So if you want a sneak peek at what the themes sound like together, definitely go check that out. In fact, I might use that in this podcast. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you do, do it at the end so people have something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stick around to the end of your defeat. There you go. Well, um, Jarrett, I think that's all that we really have to discuss today. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I think I think we're good. All right. Um, I guess the next episode of the podcast, it might be a little while. We got a break coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep an eye on our YouTube channel. YouTube videos will be coming out soon. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes to that. We've got a video on how Arcane has changed the um, an animation industry. We've got a video on the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie coming out. Um, and then we, we'll have some No Way Home stuff up as well. Mm-hmm. So definitely go check out our YouTube channel. Um, share the podcast with a friend. Uh, you got anything else to add? Um, I don't think so, except for stick around to the end to hear that music, yeah. that theme. Hopefully we don't get copyrighted, but I don't know if that's a thing. On uh, Samuel will be cool about it. The question is... Uh, Sony. <laughs> ah, that's a, that's the main question. All right, well, Sony, please don't murder us. Yeah. And <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you have an awesome day. As Jared says, follow us on all of our social media and keep an eye on our YouTube account because our channel is going to start really picking up here soon, yep. and we're really excited for it. Thank you all for listening again. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless and take care. See you guys.